What is up, guys? Welcome back here to the B2 Podcast here on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. This is episode, we're going to dive into the NFL. Yes, the NFL is back. I'm a channel. I'm a pod. Uh, my other football podcast, the End Zone Podcast, I decided to take a break from. So, the NFL is back. So, we're going to talk about the Sean Payton news, the Tom Brady news, the Namiko Ryan news, the Houston Texans as a whole because they're a freaking mess. And the Kyrie Irving trade request as well from the Brooklyn Nets. So buckle up, strap in. It's gonna be a nice episode. All right. So let's all right. So let's talk about Sean Payton kind of news. Uh, and um, yeah, let's do this. So Sean Payton in 2021 he stepped down as the no in 2020 he stepped down as the New Orleans Saints head coach, and then he took some time and became an analyst for Fox Sports. For the 2021-2022 NFL season. And it was reported that he was interested in taking a job. But it depended on what job he got. And it turns out he wanted Denver's job. And he got Denver's job. So let's talk about this. Sean Payne has fixed every quarterback that he has worked with. Since basically since he became a head coach. If you work at Drew Brees' stats with the Chargers. Uh, Drew Brees was not that good of a quarterback with the Chargers. He became a very good quarterback under Sean Payton. Um, he became a very good quarterback under Sean Payton. And we can look up his stats. But yeah, so Sean Payton has rookie. And, and you look at what Payton did too. Payton fixed a lot of Jameis Winston. and just. But we're going to pull up Drew Brees' stats for his career with the San Diego Chargers. Well, not the LA Chargers. But, so... Yeah, let's look at Drew Brees' stats. So before Drew Brees became, um, I gotta okay. So here it is. Drew Brees entered the NFL as a 22 year old in 2021 with the Chargers, where he only threw for one touchdown. So we don't want to count that. 2002, he threw for 17 touchdowns, 16 picks. 20, 2003, he threw for 11 touchdowns, 15 picks. 2027 with the Chargers again. No, 2004, he went 27 and 7. He went 24 and 15. So his best year in San Diego was by far 2004 when he threw for 3,159 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions. Right? But then we look at, but then we look at his time in New Orleans, okay? And we will dive into his time with New Orleans. In his first year in New Orleans in 2006, he threw for 4,418 yards, 11, no, yeah, 26 touchdowns and 11 picks. So far, a career high in passing yards and a career high in touchdown passes. Or second career high because his last year out of San Diego. 2007, Drew Brees threw for... 4,423 yards, 28 touchdowns, and 18 picks. And it just gets better and better from there. The Saints... The Saints... Drew Brees was a much more better quarterback in with the Saints under Sean Payton than he was with the San Diego Chargers. You work at Andy Dol... No, not Andy Dolan. You work at Jameis Winston... A mother QB who had a much better season with Sean Payne as head coach 
his first year in New Orleans after Jameis threw that 30 for 30, 30 touchdowns, 30 interception season. Sean Payton is a very good head coach. Sean Payton is going to help maybe improve Russell Wilson. And I think the Broncos now may get scary if they can get Russell Wilson the right pieces around. Denver is uh, looking pretty good, but let's talk about it. Like Russell Wilson, I think, was known he wanted Sean Payton. I think that a Super Bowl winning quarterback and a Super Bowl winning head coach is the recipe, but we have to think of it. Sean Payton has not won a Super Bowl since 2009, and the closest he got to a Super Bowl was in 2018, I believe, the year that they lost to the Rams and the influence no call on Nichelle Roby Coleman. Um, um, so yeah, that was pretty rare. And Russell Wilson has not been to the Super Bowl since 2014, the year that he lost to the New England Patriots. Or no, Russ has not been to a Super Bowl since 2015, the year that they lost to the New England Patriots because they won in 2014. So it, it is it is a while because of how everything is. No, it was 2014, yeah. The Seahawks, Russ has not been to a Super Bowl since 2014. Payne has not been to a Super Bowl since 2009. Will this duo work out? Only time will tell. But I give the, I give the overall rating a 8.5 out of 10. 8.5 because I think it will work out. But in a tough division when you have Russell, where you have Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and whoever the Raiders are going to get. Um... The Broncos may be in a tough situation, but I like the move. Sean Payne's a great head coach, and we're going to see how good Russell Wilson does next season. And does he improve or does he disapprove? We shall see, but let me know what your thoughts are down below. Do you think the Russ move is a good move or a bad move? Let me know. And do you think, uh, where do you think the Broncos will finish? Do you think Sean Payne gets to seem more than what they had or more wins than what they had last year, which I believe was three wins, right? Was that three wins for them last season? Last season, they won a combined total. Yeah, I believe it was three games. So, does Sean Payton get them over the hump of winning three games? Let, let me know down below. And does Russell Wilson go back to his MVP-type form that we saw in Seattle but next season? Let me know down below. And where, also, where do you think the Broncos finish in the AFC? Make the playoffs? Lose the division? Go to the Super Bowl? Let me know down below in the comments section below. So, now let's talk about the Houston Texans who I have said it before, they have a problem. Like, they have a... They hired D'Amico Ryans, who is a really good head coach. Who... who no, excuse me. They hired D'Amico Ryans, who is a really good defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. But the, the, there's a lot of issue going on with the 49ers because... I mean, with the Houston Texans, because of the way they've run... If, let's track this back for a little bit. 2020, they hired David Coley from the Ravens. To be a head coach, they fired him after one season. They bring in Lovey Smith, who they also fired after one season, and now they bring in the Mako Lions, who keep in mind is also a mother African American um, in the sport. So the Texans have now had essentially three African American head coaches. Two of them have been fired. But I, I think D'Amico Ryans is the permanent answer. I do believe that D'Amico Ryans has his work cut out for him, but he played for the Texans as he played for the Texans. During his playing career, he took this job over the Broncos' job, citing that it was an easier decision to take this job over Denver's job. 
D'Amico Ryans was a very good defensive coordinator, and we're going to see how he does in Houston. He's got the second overall pick for him waiting, and um, he's got the second overall pick waiting for him. Uh, whether or not he takes Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, they trade down, whatever they decide to do, he does have the second overall pick waiting for him. He is, or does he go defense? D'Amico Ryans was a very good defense coordinator, but... He's also from Kyle Shanahan's tree, and we're going to see what happens. Um, but D'Amico Ryans is a Houston Texan head coach. I give this move a 5.5 just because he's got a lot of work cut out for him, and he is a first-year head coach, and he's got, like I said, he's got a lot of work cut out for him, but... Let me know what you guys think. Do you think D'Amico Ryans was a good hire for the Houston Texans? Or do you think it was a hire that really wasn't necessary? And let me know down below. Or, and do you also think he should have taken Denver's job over Sean Payton? Let me know. Let's dive into Kelly Moore. If you don't know, Kelly Moore was the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator. And they agreed about a couple of days ago to part ways. And now Kelly Moore and the Chargers have agreed to a contract making Kelly Moore the next offensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Chargers. In my opinion, this is a good move for the LA Chargers uh, after that terrible, terrible performance in the AFC wildcard game against the Jags in which they were up 28-3 to like three, and they ended up losing that game to the Jags in the fourth quarter. I think that this was a good move. I think the Chargers hit the gold here. He's going to be able to unlock Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Mike... Uh, uh, Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Williams, and all these other guys. Uh, but Kellen Moore to the Chargers as the offensive coordinator. In my eyes, this is the hire that the Chargers needed to happen. The Chargers, like I said, they blew that massive lead in the AFC wildcard game. And I think this is the move that could challenge them to the Chiefs. But I do think that they have other holes and pieces connected. So we're going to see kind of what happens. But let me know down below, do you think... That the Cowboys were stupid for following Kelly Moore, and do you think the Chargers were smart for bringing him in? And yeah, let, let me know down below. Was was this a bad move on Dallas to fire Kelly Moore? I want to dive in and say a congr quick congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles for advancing to Super Bowl Fifty Seven. I personally am gonna go. I think. Even though I have a $40 bet on the Chiefs, I'm going to take Philadelphia to win the Super Bowl. And I think that the Eagles have a much better team offensively, defensively. And I think that they're going to be way too much for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to really work their magic. And that the Chiefs, like, do you, like, how do, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see. But, yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs, I'm taking the Eagles to beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown get their first rings of their career. And the Eagles go from being a 7 seed last year to becoming world champions of the National Football League. But let me know down below. Do you guys think the Eagles are going to win? You, or are you guys going to lean towards Kansas City? Let me know down below. But, yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles. And uh, I think the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. But let me know. And now I want to talk and divide into this. Tom Brady is finally retired, at least we think. Um, but congratulations to Tom Brady on a legendary career, if this is it. But let's talk about it. Tom Brady on February 1st of 2021 announced that he was retiring from football. Only about like three weeks later announced he was going to return to the Bucks 
for the 2022 season. Uh, in which led to him getting divorced from Giselle and led to a bunch of other on the field struggles. The Bucks went eight and nine, uh, and got beat by the Cowboys in the playoffs and the a NFC wildcard round. Tom Brady said he was going to take some time to consider. There was all these different rumors that he was going to go to Miami or Vegas and. Most likely Vegas and we team up with Josh McDaniels. But Tom Brady decides he's going to retire from football and become an NFL analyst um, for Fox. I think that this was a good move for Tom Brady. He realized that maybe he, you know, he, it was a great run for Tom. And I think that, uh, I think I speak for everyone here. He is one of, he is probably the greatest to ever play this game of football. And one of the greatest. But Tom Brady was able to get, he basically owns every single major, major stat record in NFL history. He basically, he has the most Super Bowls won by any quarterback in the National Football League with seven. And I, yeah, I think uh, Tom Brady definitely has had a repowered career. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing him in the booth on Fox, whether he's a boot, whether he's in the booth calling games or he's, the guys with Jimmy Johnson and all of them in the booth, like in the studio, making picks. It's gonna be interesting to see. But yeah, congrats to Tom Brady on a super, on a great NFL career. He truly one hundred percent deserves it, and uh, he truly is the greatest player of all time. And now I want to talk about the big one, and that is we're gonna turn our attentions over to the NBA now. And I want to talk about the biggest thing. And as a Knicks fan, I love this. But we're gonna talk about Kyrie Irving. Uh, requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets on February 3rd. He requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets, um, which is insane. And as a Knicks fan, I love this, but as a basketball fan in general, I think the Nets are spy-locking. So let's talk about it. Uh, the Nets, um, in 2019 signed, no, in 2020, they signed both KD and Kyrie to contracts. KD missed uh, that whole season due to recovering from his Achilles injury. Kyrie was in and out of the lineup if, with uh, different things. Then they bring in James Harden. Kyrie has been, been suspended by the Nets for making anti-Semitic tweets. And there's different things that Kyrie Irving, he wasn't vaccinated, which was a thing in New York City. So Kyrie Irving has done a lot of things for the Nets. And I think that for Brooklyn, they realize that Kyrie Irving... For a lot of the teams that want Kyrie Irving, I think that he's a he's a rental Morris, but I think he also is probably a cancer in the locker room because you never know what type of Kyrie Irving you're getting. How long does Kyrie Irving actually play and stay consistent on the field? I think these are all question marks you have to work out when it comes to Kyrie Irving as a whole. And I think that with Kyrie Irving, when he's on the court and when he's balling, he's one of the best players in the NBA. But the problem is he's never really on the court, and I don't know. I, I really don't know. He's really never on the court. I know that he said he wanted out of Brooklyn um, before, and then he said a couple weeks ago that he wanted to make Brooklyn his home. So it's a really weird situation for the Nets, but Kyrie Irving, in my opinion, when he's on the court, he's a great basketball player that all in the NBA will, would want to have and should have on their team. But his off-the-court problems and even his on-the-court problems is where it lies because now teams aren't going to want to go dish out for Kyrie Irving, 
because one, he's never on the court. Two, he has been a cancer ever since his days. Since he came to Boston, he's been a cancer in the locker room. And like I said, you just don't really know what he's what he's thinking and where where his head's at mentally. I do. I I as a Knicks fan, I don't want Kyrie Irving, but I I think there will be some teams. I think the Lakers will be. Trying their best to reunite with Brown and Kyrie. I think the Mavericks are going to try to go get that second star to pair next to Luka. Which I've said it for years. They should try and go get Bradley Beal to pair next to Luka Doncic. I remember proving score that King helped Luka Doncic. I don't... I, I believe the Suns are going to be interested in Kyrie Irving with Chris Paul kind of hitting his peak. Uh, and with Chris Paul maybe being... Maybe this being CP3's final season in the NBA. Um, it really just depends on, I think, where teams... And it depends, like, how much is Kyrie Irving going to cost? Because a team like the Mavericks, maybe you don't want to give up Josh Green and a bunch of young assets and a bunch of picks for a guy like Kyrie Irving who might be a rental. So it it is a risk, high reward type of piece. But I think if you win a championship rent with uh, Kyrie Irving for a half a season, I think it's worth it. But if you losing round one or two with Kyrie Irving up at home, then was the trade really necessarily worth it to try and jumpstart what you want? Um, but like I said, I don't really know what's going to happen with Kyrie Irving. I do know that he, like I said, last year he wanted to go to LA and it didn't work out. And he committed to Brooklyn and then now he's saying he's decommitting from the Nets, which is just really, really strange. But Kyrie Irving is a strange guy himself. Again, like I said before, and I've said it again, when he's on the court, he's the best, one of the best players in the NBA. But it's... That's the problem when he's on the court. He's where we ever on the court. He's, and yeah, I, I don't really know what to expect from Kyrie Irving. But let me know down below. Do you guys think that, where do you think Kyrie Irving will be traded? Do you think the Knicks will trade him? Because Kyrie has told Brooklyn if they don't trade him, he's leaving in free agency regardless. And it was weird because there was a report that said it was about money and this and that. But then Kyrie came out and said it had nothing to do with money. So I don't really know. But let me know down below. Do you guys think that the Nets will move Kyrie Irving? If so, where does he move to? And is this was the experiment for the Nets to get KD and Kyrie a failure? And what does this mean for Kevin Durant now? Does KD get traded to from Brooklyn? Do, do the Nets try to counter and try to ask for a mother star? Like if they trade Kyrie to Brooklyn, do they ask for Devin Booker? If they trade Kyrie to Phoenix, do they ask for Devin Booker? What does this mean for the um for the Nets long term? We shall see. But Brooklyn is a dumpster fire, and um, yeah, I, I it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be very interesting to see see what happens. But Brooklyn right now seems like it's a dumpster fire, and it's falling apart really quickly, and. You obviously will get the James Harden trade in Philly for least Brooklyn on that, so I don't really know. Let me know what to down below, and I think Kyrie Irving's just—he's Kyrie, man. And last but not least, my final topic of the day is Miami Dolphins agreeing to a uh, agreeing to a deal with defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. I love this deal for the Dolphins due to the fact that their defense was one of the worst defenses in the National Football League last season. It resulted in them. Kind of collapsed in the second half of the season, bat and two us concussions and off the field with two us concussions. But Vic Fangio is going to, to turn this Miami Dolphins team defense around, and he Vic Fangio is one of the top defensive coordinators in all of football. So this is a great move for the Dolphins to go out get Vic Fangio, 
and really try to fix and build that defense off of what has been terrible a terrible defense the past couple of seasons. So, yeah, Vic Fangio is now the defensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins, and I would love to know what you guys think down below. I personally would this higher, but, like, do all you of this higher? Uh, I think that's up to debate, but Dick, Vic Fangio, defensive coordinator of Miami Dolphins. That's going to wrap up the B2 podcast this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoy, make sure you leave a like, share with your friends, um, rate, rate the podcast out of a couple stars, follow the Instagram page, at the B2 Podcast on Instagram. Check out the Murtron, B2Podcast.spring.com. And, uh, yeah, make sure you share with your friends. Let me know what you enjoyed and what you didn't enjoy. And, um, that's about it. But make sure you thank you guys so much for listening. I love every single one of you who listen or share it and who even give me good and bad criticism. It's, you know, it's a great thing to have. But thank you all so much. I've really enjoyed these. And I'll see you guys again next week for another episode. Peace.